1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am really excited for this episode. We had been getting feedback that you guys really want more male perspective. And so Christian is awesome. He's got a lot to say. He's really wise and I'm really excited for you to listen to it. I just have to say before we get into it, I just finished listening, not to like cross talk about other podcasts, but I just finished listening to the Justin McLeod, um, I, I think that's how you pronounce his name, episode of um, How I Built This. And he's the CEO of Hinge. We actually did a live show and Justin was one of the panelists. He was incredible. And it's on our Patreon. Um, You can go to patreon.com slash we met at Acme if you haven't listened to it yet. But this episode was so much more in depth with Justin and his life and his love story. I highly recommend it. It really, it was actually recommended to me by you guys when I asked like best episodes of other podcasts. And it was really amazing. And I just want to say like, at the end, he said, you know, Guy Raz, who's the host was like, what is the takeaway here? Like, what is something, you know, after hearing your story and whatever, you know, he was like, you went through a lot of hard times, right? Because he, Justin got sober. He like had issues with drugs and alcohol. He lost his love of his life at one point. He got her back, but you'll hear that if you listen. And then he almost like failed at building this app. And so... Guy, the host was like, "You know what's what's the struggle? Like what's the bottom line here?" And Justin said something really wise. and he was like, "It's not what happens to you, you know, it's how you react to it. And I just want to emphasize that so much. Like bad things happen to so many people. A lot of people are in really bad situations, but you could take that and you can make it a positive by how you react to it. So I just wanted to emphasize that that was a really good episode and just really amazing. I'm going to answer some questions that you had submitted, and then we'll get right to Christian. Somebody said, I feel like you figured out who you were in your 20s and cut out bad habits slash got over tough relationships, and now you seem really happy with who you are and have a great partner. Oh, thank you. I listened to the episode with Logan Ury, but would love to hear your thoughts on not settling and being okay with finding love in your late 20s. Based on her book, I'm a maximizer. I'm 24 and single, but don't know if I'm being too picky. Long question, but if you could talk about your next level. So I think this is really interesting. Um, I think that there is a huge difference between settling and, you know, compromising. And I think I definitely like will have to go re listen to Logan's episode, but I think that there's no such thing really as being too picky if you're bringing a lot to the table. If you feel like you're a great catch. And I'm not talking about being delusional about it. Like if you know in your heart that you're a great catch, you really shouldn't be settling. And I don't mean like settling as in like, oh, they don't check off all the boxes. But I mean like in your heart, you're not truly happy and in love with somebody. That's settling. Or you ask yourself, am I going to have to deal with this my whole life and be okay with it? like the big things, right? Like they won't like do something with you that you absolutely love. Not like they always put the seat up, like the bigger things. And I think that's settling. And so to this person who asked, like you're 24, you're not being too picky. Should you date as many people as you can maybe and get experience? Probably. But I don't think you're being too picky. I think you're young and it's like a time when you should be picky. It's also really interesting. You should listen to our episode with Tanya Zuckerbrot because she had a really interesting perspective on, you know, being single and being picky and then kind of feeling like she was too picky and then she did settle. But you don't have to do that. If you're amazing, you will find someone amazing. I truly, truly believe that in my soul. And if you have stuff to work on and you don't feel like you're amazing, you don't feel like you're a good partner, then work on that stuff. Another thing I wanted to discuss is this show called The One. It's a really amazing show on Netflix. It's scripted and it is about this in the future. I don't, maybe the near future, maybe it's now, but there's this app and it matches you with the person that is your quote unquote match. And everyone has only one match in the world and it's based on their DNA. And it matches you and it's, you know, Once you find out your match, these people finding out their matches could be married already. They could be in serious relationships, but they find out their match and they leave their partner for this person. And it's really interesting because it's this question of like, if you're really happy, really, really, truly happy, and you don't feel like there's a better match for you out there, then you wouldn't check. But like most people check, mostly everyone just to see. And some people find out their partner's match is like, one of their friends, you know, things like that. So it's really interesting. I really suggest watching it. It's a good discussion and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Somebody said, feeling like you're in a more mature place than your friends. This is interesting. I feel like I, for so long, was actually in a more immature place than my friends without realizing it when I was, you know, not sober and I had all these things I just, I thought that I was like so advanced and I really wasn't. And I look back on that and I cringe and you should look back on things and cringe. I feel like that's really a big sign of growth. But now I feel, and like as I got sober and kind of became who I am now, I started to feel more mature than some of my friends. I would say it was like half and half. And those friends, it was really hard for me to relate to. And I think it's really normal and it's a good sign of growth. And guess what? Like you think about your parents and you're like, who are their best friends? Like, It's not people for the most part, and I could be wrong, but for my parents, it's people they met later in life when they were who they were. So don't sweat it. I feel like you have to understand that friendships are fleeting in your 20s and 30s. And you really find the people that you stick with You know, once you have kids and once you're settled down and where you live with your partner. And I think that that's something to normalize more. So people aren't so freaked out and upset if they lose a friend. Um, Somebody asked why my boyfriend held back from kissing me on the first date and did it confuse me? In his words, he said he was playing the long game. Like so ridiculous and I'm rolling my eyes, but he really wanted to make it work with me long-term. And this was like a move that he did that made the women that he was dating, like wonder if he was into them. And it's just so stupid. But yeah, it did kind of confuse me and it did kind of work. And I was like, wait, is he into me? I never, I didn't really doubt it though, because he texted me right after the date and told me his birth time. (laughs) But it definitely was like, there was a moment we were in the snow and he could have kissed me. And so I would say if you're a guy listening, like don't do that move. Um, you know, we were the exception that it worked out, but it's like a dumb, like if you like someone, just just kiss them. But again, like he played a little, he played a little game and I guess it it threw me in a way. Did my boyfriend and I always like each other before dating? Were we semi-attracted? I had definitely thought that he was attractive. He actually, when we ran into each other, totally hit on me in a way that made it clear to me that he had always kind of had a crush on me like in the back of his mind but we didn't know each other I mean we were like the high at a party type relationship um I didn't know anything about him he might have known things about me I mean we might have stalked each other on Instagram we weren't even following each other granted he had you know, deleted his Instagram at this time in his life. But we were when he did have Instagram, we were never following each other. So I don't know. I mean, I always thought he was attractive, but I never thought of him as a potential partner because he was never in my orbit. And I think that's really important to like, open up your mind to those people around you that you might not have thought of that way. And is it okay to judge someone based on their social media? I uh, Yes and no. I, I once went on a date with someone who was following like 4,000 people and had like 200 followers. And I was like, oh, I'll look past it. And then he was a weird, weird guy. I think that like yes and no, right? Like if somebody's social media is all selfies, then I'm probably going to judge them. But like if they don't have a lot of followers, I don't care. Like that's that's not important to me. And I feel like that should be the same for you guys. Like a girl DM'd me the other day and she was like, I only have you know, 300 followers and I feel like guys like will think I'm lame. Like I'm not active on Instagram. And I'm like, that's what guys want. Like that's what, you know, so many people want is someone who's not like oversaturated by Instagram. And I say this obviously, you know, being a hypocrite because I am that person. But I think that, you know, there's always someone that's attracted to exactly what you're doing. So keep keep doing it unless it's a negative behavior. And really quickly, I'm vaccinated. I'm so happy about it. It's the best thing ever and I encourage all of you to do the same. I hope you enjoyed the episode, Christian. If you live in a place with seasons like me, you know that your hair has four different personalities. The winter personality, the spring personality, the summer personality and the fall personality. Personally, the spring personality is what really does it for my hair. I feel like the humidity is low, but the best situation possible is the shampoo and conditioner that you use. And that's really what makes your hair look good and not frizzy and strong and like thick, which is what I'm always going for as someone with thin hair. So if you want to have an amazing season this spring. I'm telling you, you need to go on functionofbeauty.com slash Acme and take a little hair quiz. It takes two seconds. You just tell them your hair goals like lengthen, volumize, oil control, whatever it is that you need. And like for me, I do a different one every season based on my hair. And then you get this really adorable, really well-branded shampoo and conditioner and body lotion and like anything else that you want. It's really, really amazing. They've got all of these customized hair, skin and body products. And you can write like function of Linny or like whatever your nickname is and choose the colors, choose the scent. I personally do like sometimes green, sometimes purple, and then I'll do Rose, which is my favorite scent that they have. Never ever buy shampoo and conditioner off the shelf again. You're just going to be disappointed. It's got gross chemicals in it. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to all of the products that I mentioned. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Acme. Let them know that we sent you and that you're a fan of the podcast. And as a result, you're going to get 20% off your order. functionofbeauty.com slash Acme now. It makes me sad that people in certain places in the world, even like in I don't know, the Midwest, feel like they can't talk about or be open about masturbating with their girlfriends or their guy friends. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a little weird with your guy friends. I don't know. But for me, like my girls and I always talk about, you know, what we're what we're doing and what we're into, and I love that we can be open about it and Recently, I put one of my friends on to Dipsy and she has become obsessed. Like every time she goes in the bath, she literally lives with her husband. But every time she goes in the bath, she is listening to one of their amazing sex stories. And she recently was like, you have to listen to Extra Hot. That's the name of one of them. Or The Catch. Like you will be obsessed with these two stories. And I was like, okay. So I checked it out and I think you know how the story ends. If you are looking to unwind and self-care, Dipsy is the place to go. It's an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on in all the best ways. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That is a 30-day free trial. 30 days of heavenly feels when you go to D I P. S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. Dipsystories.com slash Acme now. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited to be here with Dr. G. What's up?
1: What a pleasure. Listen, I'm I'm always on these science-based podcasts where I'm talking about cells and mitochondria and inflammation, but now we get to change it up. Which is rough.
0: Exactly. Oh, well, actually, surprise, we're going to be talking about cells today. No, I'm just no, oh. cell
1: podcast. Oh.
0: <laughs> Um, But I'm so glad to have you on. And your real name is Christian. Um, And I'm sensing like a New York accent. Is this possible? Did it
1: come out already in like the two minutes that we were chatting, huh? Yeah. L- literally in the two minutes. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was born in Queens and mm-hmm. I grew up there until like, seven or eight. And then I moved to New Jersey. So I was raised in New Jersey more so, but I love it.
0: But it's, it's New York. It's hardcore New York. It's definitely Queens. It's, it's kind of like, you sound like the guys from Entourage a little bit.
1: It's one of my favorite shows that I just watched on the plane back from Miami a few days ago.
0: I love it. We've actually had Jerry who plays Turtle on the podcast and he was amazing.
1: Yeah. Cool. If I can only live up to my Queens brothers then.
0: (laughs) You definitely will. So Dr. G, how old are you? And I guess we now know where you're from. I'm
1: 36 years old. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm from, but I'm living in LA, so I'm calling from the nice. mountains of Topanga right now. So I've, I've become a mountain man in the past eight months. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's peaceful. It's serene, and away from the hustle and bustle.
0: So you recently made the move to LA.
1: Um, I, I know I, I made the move three years ago. I recently made the move to out of the hustle and bustle of you know like city life and to live in right in the serene and the serene, like the calmness that you wake up to in the mountains is really important for my mental health.
0: I feel that. I definitely feel that. And, um, what is your current relationship status?
1: I'm single.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you said you're, you're 36 or 37? I'm 36. 36 and single living in LA. I have so many questions. we we'll, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with when is your birthday? Cause we are a little bit into astrology on the podcast.
1: August 2nd. I'm a Leo through and through, mm. but not, not the pathological type of Leo where it's like me, 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 please. I need validation. See me. It's more like not a rambunctious cub, but more like an old wise lion that's watching the rambunctious cubs be do rambunctious stuff.
0: Well, cause I was going to say there are two types of Leo guys, especially right. And the immature Leo man is dangerous, but the mature Leo man is actually really great and well-rounded.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the ages of 18 to 29, I was certainly the immature Leo man and mm-hmm. my powers of like charisma and magnetism for, for things that don't serve me, you know? And, and now I've switched that into like just empowering people for their long-term health and wellness.
0: Yeah. So, how did you get into this whole health and wellness space?
1: Shoot. Uh, well, I was I was going to be a dentist. I was in dental school for a year and a half, and my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was in there. So I came home once, and I took uh, I took her to a few of her visits, and I was so the distaste was is an understatement to see how out of the loop uh, conventional oncology is with nutrition and uh, overall wellness lifestyle. And the fact that they were recommending calorically dense foods, meaning like cookies and cakes, and because she was losing weight to me, that was boost and ensure these drinks. I was like, what is happening? Like we can give you calorically dense foods that are much healthier. So that started sort of opened my eyes into the medicine that I'm doing. And then once she passed away, that, that really gave me like the fire under my butt to really go after like, and have that passion to, spread throughout the world and uh and and help young women especially with breast cancer and other types of cancer and into preventing it
0: that's that's definitely an amazing reason behind it and actually it's it's familiar to me we had um max Lugavere on the podcast recently are you friendly with him
1: he's actually a friend of mine he's in my circle over here he's been on my show i've been on his show
0: yeah and his story is strikingly similar
1: to yours yeah, um you have that same thing we both I see it in his eyes, you know, like mm-hmm. my own eyes, I see it in his and it's a fire burning that is like, no, like I don't want someone to go through that pain or, or that loss, that level of loss without understanding that there's more that we can do to help. Yeah. And I see that in him. So yeah, he's a great guy.
0: Yeah. I love it. And let's going back to your dating world a little bit. Are you actively going out on dates with people uh, or are you just kind of like seeing where life takes you right now?
1: You know, I'll put it this way. I was, I certainly have act. I've been on all the dating apps throughout my 20s and 30s. What I did last year was stop, I, I, I dated until May, broke up, and then I completely was intentionally single until this year, where I opened the doors back up for um, dating, particularly because we find a lot of patterns that come and arise in relationships that, that don't serve us and, and inevitably ruin the relationship. So I know that I, have, I had patterns and traumas that I was holding on to. So last year was literally dedicated to every single day, seeing those for what they are, bringing love and forgiveness and nurturing to it, and then letting them go. And what now I feel is that I'm absolutely ready to date. And like I've created a new version of Christian where it's like a man who can date with a high level of integrity, a lot of love, a lot of compassion. And, and here for the long term, I've always had one foot out when I was dating someone because I kind of like being single too, but I kind of like dating, you know. But now I think that I'm really ready for something more serious.
0: Let's unpack these patterns that you mentioned that you had noticed. Was it just, you know, the simple like dipping a toe in, but not fully being committed? Or was it more specific of a pattern?
1: What my pattern was that I was holding on to for quite a long time was um, that if I didn't feel fully, validated and like held by a woman. And, and if I felt that being like let go, you know, figuratively her hand was letting go of mine at some point, then I would immediately go to another woman. So I was in this crazy pattern since 24 of woman, either like dating, 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 fling, dating single, but all, like having always a woman to talk to. And I, I realized, especially last year, being here in the mountains where, it's, where there's a lot of solitude that it was pathological and like what what the truth of the matter was is that I just didn't want to be alone. I didn't like to feel being alone. I didn't like what came up when I was alone. I put myself in that place where I go all right, well, if I am alone, what demons are going to come up? And for a good 4 months I date, I faced every single demon and and brought love and nurturing to it like I said, but but that pattern like imagine dating a guy who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm all about it. Uh-oh, wait, you're not validating in me anymore. You're not telling me how good I am. Uh-oh, let me, let me go to someone else who's doing it. So right. I just didn't, I never gave a girlfriend a fair chance or a lover a fair chance ever because my one foot was always out. So yeah, that's sort of where it was.
0: Would it, and like not to make this into any, some like therapy session, but um, would it, possibly be like a pride thing? Because it sounds like once you thought that maybe they weren't like going to give you that attention or that like any sort of hesitation was when you would go to the next woman, like is, and I know Leo's are very big on the pride thing, the lion, you know how it is. Um, Was it pride
1: related? Uh, Maybe somewhat like words of affirmation is not what I need the most, but in that pathological space where I felt so insecure in my own self of who I was. And that's exactly what I needed, but truly it's, I don't need someone to, like, I know I'm, I know I'm doing great things, you know, like, that's not, I I, I do that, you know, but really, I think it was a matter of just someone giving me what I thought was a illusionary void, right? Like, Oh, this is missing. You know like I mean? Like, I just need someone to tell me that I'm good or, or handsome or fun or smart, all that, all that fake stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. And trust me, as a Leo, we eat that up too. You know, we have a sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. And not to, you know, get too into this because it is like a very uh, touchy subject. And I feel like deja vu because I kind of went there with Max as well. Um, But did the way that you dated, like, did your dating style change kind of like post the loss of your mom or... Were you kind of the same before and the same after when it came to how you dated?
1: That's a great question because there's a lot of truth into this answer, right? Like, like I've been forthcoming, but like there was, the, there was a Christian who was dating before my mom and sure he was young and you know before 24, right? But like there was a lot more integrity. After, it, I, I sort of knew that I didn't want to be in anything committed for quite a while, but I was still dating mm-hmm you know? So there was a lot of, damn, Christian really led me on. You see what I mean? And mm-hmm. I had to bring forgiveness to that last year a lot because like, there was a lot of good, good women that like I let on, but, um, I did, I did the work through that, but yeah, it's, it's a great question because what happens is, and what I've identified is that upon her death, there were, here was an, a feminine energy that was giving a lot of love, giving a lot of validation, right? Like, and then that's slip slipped swept away, right? It's gone. And then you're like, oh shit like where do I go for this and um, I right. mean of course not going within I went without and I, I looked for that and other people for quite a while but um we all have these patterns like we find something you know to distract us whether it's work whether it's working out whether it's eating whether it's sex whether it's dating whatever it is but we also can ascend from that and, and be and be whole it's beautiful
0: I have been so unhealthy recently. I've been going to Carbone like once a week, sometimes even twice a week. And it's so bad. And it's so indulgent. And I love it. I love the food there. But it just doesn't make me feel good and stays with me the next morning. And I never know what to do unless I have Daily Harvest with me. When I do have Daily Harvest, it's perfect because it's delicious and it's nutritious it's all built on organic fruits and vegetables and when i see it in my freezer i'm just so happy because it means that i don't have to freak out about what i'm going to eat that week and feel shitty about what i've had you know leading up into it and like i never want to feel shitty about what i'm putting in my body i with daily harvest i can have a smoothie for breakfast a flatbread for lunch or dinner And they've got amazing harvest bowls and soups. And I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that does like to eat soups, even when it's getting warm out. It's delicious and they never use preservatives, added sugar or artificial anything. I highly recommend you try it and then tell me what you think because I'm so curious if you love it just as much as I do. Also, I have to add that they make incredibly delicious ice cream that is in, like I'm convinced that it's good for you. So get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code ACME. You're going to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code ACME for $25 off your first box when you go to dailyharvest.com and you use code ACME. So that's dailyharvest.com. Use code ACME. So when was your last relationship then?
1: The last relationship was uh, right around this time last year hmm Yeah.
0: That's an interesting time to have gotten out of a relationship. So that means that you were, I guess, ending a relationship or starting a relationship as COVID
1: hit? Oh my God. So like New Year's hit, I was dating this one girl. We broke up a few days after New Year's. And then within two days, I was dating another girl. And that was the girl that- <laughs> sounds, <it> sounds familiar. <laughs> and that was the girl that I was dating until May. Yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I didn't even realize that until I took the time to myself. And I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't even allow any time to be like, what happened in this relationship? Why did we break up? What was mm. triggering? What was she triggering? I just went right into another distraction. Um, so yeah, right. but right in COVID. So like we, we went to Palm Springs and all of a sudden, like someone who I was like, kind of like getting to know it expedited into like two months living in Palm Springs with someone. And it was like, this really expedites a whole relationship.
0: Yeah, totally. And just like as someone who admittedly, you know, was jumping from relationship to relationship, I think we've all, especially like women with their exes, like I know I have exes that right after we broke up, they were dating someone new or something. And it like, it really hurt me because I, I remember, th- and and by the way, I've done the same thing to to people as well. And so like, as the person that is like discarded almost, you wonder to yourself, like, how how is it so easy for this person to get over me, right? Is it just like a delayed reaction, right? Like, are you technically like feeling as if you're over this person and then these feelings come back and you're like reflecting as you kind of alluded to about like what went wrong in the, that other relationship or is it genuinely like enough being with someone else immediately to get over that person?
1: I think few and far between, it's really hard to jump to another person in a healthy way. It really is because one of the greatest things we can do for ourselves is look at what triggers were brought on by this relationship, right? Why? Inevitably every person that you attract gives us relativity and a point of reference to go, well damn, this is a part of me that needs to be healed. So like a, a lot of us really like overlook the mirror that our lover is showing us and go behind it and yell at them when instead we should be grateful for what they're showing us. And I've already had this concept in my head. I just didn't want to face it. But like the moment where you go, why did we break up? What, I, what part of me did I show up with? Is that serving me? Am I healed? Do I need to heal it? When you do that sort of reflection on the relationship, it empowers you to let go of so many parts of you. So you show up as a different, more fully embodied version of yourself in a new relationship. And to be honest, I don't think you can do that in a day. You need some time, you need time to journal. You need some time to meditate, reflect, whatever it is that works for you. But you need some time to be like, even sitting with the emotion of like, damn, like we broke up. I wanted that one to work out. Sitting with that anxiety, sitting with that anger. But the best way to distract that and put it under the rug is find someone else new to release our endorphins, right? Find someone else to like take our time up on the phone, on texting, right? That's always fun and exciting, but it does you a disservice without sitting with that emotion and feeling and I think I think I've been guilty of it a thousand times over and many of us have and and now's the time to like maybe just stop and be like what's my pattern and can I heal from it.
0: Yeah. So there's two questions that are coming up. The first is like isn't it possible that somebody just brings out like a shitty side of you and it's not because there's something wrong with you but because there's something wrong with you with that person. Mm-hmm. Like isn't that a possibility?
1: For sure. So so the the question is is like just because someone triggers you doesn't mean you have to do all this spiritual work and be triggered the rest of your life. If you have some, if there's a partner domestically abusing me verbally abusing me, I don't have to be like, well, I have to work through my, no, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. But when you do go out, it's still a time to reflect, to look at like what's there, you know? But I definitely think like the parts of you. So say, for example, I'll, I'll tell you that the January girl, right. That we dated, it was a matter of like, when we were together, she was like a koala hanging on me. Like, like, oh, you know, you're the, all this beautiful validation and physical affection, words of affirmation. It was really nice. But then come the week, she'd be just fall off the face of the earth. Like she would be into work and she'd be like a solitude, like in solitude. So like that roller coaster was very difficult for someone who needed that. So you, regardless, like at, so, at some point it didn't serve me. At some point I was like, not feeling good about it, but still I was able mm. to break up and then look back and go, you know what? Like, can I give myself what she was giving me, right? Can I show up and feel good? Can I even hug myself and touch myself the way that she would, right? Like, can I bring that? And, and that, that's a bigger question, right? So you don't have to be there if something doesn't serve you, but you certainly have the opportunity when you leave to just look back, reflect and go, all right, like here's parts of me that showed up that need to be healed and I'm here to heal it.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I So I downloaded this app like a while ago and it's called The Pattern. I don't know if I, you've ever heard of it. Oh, you have it? And it said something like that always stuck with me. And it basically was like, you are seeking this person who is like the charmer and like the charismatic person in the room and the one that's ever like always making everyone laugh and blah, blah, blah. But that is you. Mm -hmm. Like that is literally just inside of you. Yeah. So like, why are you seeking what is literally inside of you? Just like look within you and like, you don't need to find that. Like you are that, you know? And it's like, it sounds so simple and so stupid, but like, it really was like, whoa, like, holy shit. Like, this is so spot on. And so like, why am I looking for someone to compete with right. when I'm dating? When in reality, like I have these traits and I just want someone who's like kind and someone who's right. who's good to me.
1: So what I always say, and I love that you you said that because it's it couldn't be more true. And it's a great app, but what I always say is here's the number one fault that people fall into in relationships is that they go, wow, he's my better half. She's my better half. They complete right, right? Uh, Like I can't be without them. The fault is that we don't find our own wholeness and embody our own wholeness such that a person in our life is like an asset. It's like a little cherry on a cake that's, we're the cake, right? But a lot of us get lost in relationships. Our identification gets lost in that, right? Christian and Sarah, Christian and Jenny, Christian and Christina, right? All of a sudden my identity comes from that. We break up. I don't know who I am. Mm. The strongest thing we can be is rooted into who and what we are coming into a relationship. So we know exactly amongst everything, everything that comes up, everything that happens in a relationship, we still know groundedly who we are, what we are and how we show up. And that's beautiful, right? Because like, you know, yourself as funny, charming, the one in the room that is always magnetizing, you know yourself as that. So you don't need to seek it in another. Right. And I think that, right. We just think we don't understand that we've been whole. We just think, you know, we have media and, and, and so many of these different outlets, people, parents, whatever, authoritative figures telling us we're not whole, but we we've been whole. It's just a matter of yeah. knowing that and then attracting a partner of a like vibration, like, damn, I'm whole. My partner's whole, what a match that is. Because we're just assets to each other's.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And like not to plug sobriety, but like I'm sober. And I think such a big part of that, right, was like being able to sit with myself completely sober and enjoy that time with myself. And like so many people will reach out and they'll be like, how do I you know, maintain my individuality in this relationship because I, I really love this person and whatever. And I think for for you, right? And for me, it's, it's a little bit easier because like we have the, this like clear passion and like something that we're pursuing outside of relationships. But it can be really hard for people, especially people who lost their jobs in a pandemic, who feel like they have really nothing except that relationship. Like, what would your advice be for someone who doesn't have like an obvious like you know at least like a podcast they're doing every week that they're super passionate about or um i don't know maybe it's a nutritious company they start whatever it is like there's so many people who don't have that right now like how can that person not lose themselves yeah
1: 100% so i i the cool, one of my favorite quote well my show is called heal thyself my podcast and it's taken from know thyself and know thyself is has been said for ages and the reason why is because like that is the most liberating thing on, in this human experience is knowing yourself. I think regardless, like, okay, you're doing a podcast. you love what you do. I'm doing a podcast. I'm educated. Like we love what we do, but on the deeper level, without a podcast, without friends, without family, without gender, who are we on our deepest level? Right? Like who are we when we die? Who are we when we meditate? Like what is our soul? And I think that the moment you can even taste that and understand that, you understand that you've been whole. So what thing, what things I recommend for people is you have to take your ritual time. You have to take 20, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, however much time you can afford to yourself away from everything. You know, single moms, take 20 minutes, take 15 minutes, be in the shower and take that time yourself. But you know, get in touch if you can journal, start writing out, start knowing yourself on paper. If you can meditate, that's one of the most beautiful ways to quiet all the things that are not you, all those thoughts that are not you, right? All mm-hmm. those images that are not you. If you can just do some breath work alone to get back into your body, really the quickest way to have an understanding of who you are is getting out of your brain, right? Getting out of that mind state and getting into that mindful body state, getting back in your body. Because when you get back in your body, it shows you a lot of one, what needs to be healed, but also two, you get in touch with yourself. So then all of a sudden, right. all that fake stuff that doesn't matter, right? Like Status, clothes, job—all that stuff—that's sort of just like, sort of just like attributes in this human experience. Or you understand the—you have perspective and go, "Well, damn! Like I'm much deeper. I'm much more powerful. I'm more, much more magnificent and beautiful than anyone's ever told me. My dad's ever told me. My friends, my family—you just know it. That's how you show up in this world. Because when you show up like that, the amazing friends, family, lovers, opportunities, and job—what you vibrate, uh, what you attract—is incredible. So that's sort of mm-hmm. what I what I kind of teach people. Yeah. Listen, I know I'm I might sound like a hippie, but listen, it worked for me. I feel great.
0: No, I and and that's amazing. I guess like playing devil's advocate, it's like a lot of people like they they're not able to meditate, right? Or they think journaling is pointless, right? And I'm and. What can that person do? Is it just a walk? Is it like a workout? What are some other options that aren't as spiritual?
1: It, it, whatever takes you out of your mind, mm-hmm. you can walk. Don't bring your headphones and listen to your new Spotify playlist. If you can walk, try to fully be mindful. The quickest way to get back into your body is to be mindful. Listen to the sounds, l- smell the smell, whatever scents are coming up. See what you see. You know, taste if you if you need to. But like, you can be mindful washing dishes. If you go. I'm not a spiritual hippie like Dr. G up in Topanga. I, I don't want to meditate. I don't want to do Tai Chi. I don't want do yoga. Then wash the dishes, but be present with it. You know? Yeah. Is, that's when it allows you to shut your mind up and be present with what you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's very DBT. Do you know what DBT is? No. It's uh, dialectical behavioral therapy. Okay. Or maybe it's cognitive behavioral therapy, which is CBT. I I always get the two mixed, but it's really about like, you know, it's, it's about controlling your reactions, your emotional reactions to things. And the biggest thing that my therapist will tell me is to like be mindful and, and exactly what you said, right? Like if I'm about to freak out at, at someone for something stupid, which it usually is, and we're in the car... I would try to pay attention to like the raindrops that are landing on the window, right? It's like just taking yourself, as you said, like out of yourself is so huge. Um, You know, just observing your leg shaking, like whatever it is, I I think there's really something in that. And it sounds like, oh my God, of course, like I'm always mindful. No, like we're always on our phones. We're, you know... We're never mindful. No. So, like you have to actively be.
1: Yeah, and yeah, exactly. You have to act it. has to be part, you have to be intentional about it. One of the major things that causes these breakups is having a reactionary pattern to relationships or triggers, right? Like, oh my God, why did he say that? Oh, I'm mad at you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna act based on the only way that I know how to act from childhood. Right. So I'm gonna scream or I'm gonna just I'm gonna be avoidant. I'm gonna go in my room and lock the door. But Being mindful and getting in touch with who you are allows us not to be reactive. Why? Because the mindfulness practice teaches us to step away from our reactionary selves and see that, oh shit, like I feel some sort of way, but it's also not me. It's just energy and motion, emotion that is flowing through me. But I don't necessarily need to be that. I can actually stop and see it for what it is as an observer and go, all right, this is how I'm actually choosing to... I'm actually instead of reacting going, Oh, I hate you. I'm going to go, Oh, I'm going to show up with some love right now. You know, I have the capacity and ability to show up with love and be like, I love you, but this, I felt some sort of way with this. Maybe it's triggering me, but maybe it's like, maybe we need to talk about like the way you treat me. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's when you show up with love, your partner, whether or not they're really mad, will hear that. They'll feel it on a much deeper level.
0: What would you say is the correct reaction? The, instinctual reaction that you feel immediately when somebody does something or the think about it, take a pause reaction? Because honestly, I get confused sometimes too.
1: Listen, both are, both are natural, right? We are allowed to feel pissed off immediately. We are allowed to feel slighted. We are allowed to feel really sad. Mm-hmm. The bigger thing to take home is understand that that's not us. It's simply mm-hmm. based on these emotional triggers we've had since we were young or we're teenagers where we were, we learned that based on this sort of trigger where I feel slighted or I feel betrayed, then right. I'm going to react like this because this is exactly what my ego has learned, survival mechanism, the way that I need to do it. It's an adaptation. Mm-hmm. You see it for what it is also, and again, through mindfulness practice, we step away and we go wow, okay, I've been really working on this, like washing dishes and paying attention or meditating or Tai Chi, whatever it is, me back journaling. Then you're able to be like, you know what? Last year, I would have freaked out at that. I I, would have felt it like right in my heart, like jealousy or anger. But now Mm. I'm able to step away and see it for what it is. So there's no wrong or right. It just is, right? And and it's perfectly okay if you react and you're reactionary. But no, if it doesn't serve you, there's absolutely a way to improve that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's really helpful. Okay, so we're going to do some rapid fire
1: I questions. I had a feeling this was coming.
0: <laughs> okay, good move or weird move to put vaccinated on your dating app profile?
1: Well, Nowadays, may, it may be a good move. I think it's just weird overall, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's worth a conversation and talking about what your views and perspectives are. But yeah, I think it's just a little weird to put on your... It's just a weird time though. So it gets a pass.
0: It is a weird time. If someone you're hooking up with scratches your back unprovoked for 20 minutes, does that mean they have feelings for you?
1: Like what kind of scratches? We're talking about like deep scratches?
0: Like nice back scratches. Uh, sh- yeah,
1: well, I feel like they're just they're just into they're into me, right? Like they're into my my level of intimacy, they're into I actually that's that's a tough question. I, I would assume yeah, they'd be into me.
0: I would assume they're into you, but that doesn't mean like they want to date you. Exactly.
1: Maybe they're into me sexually in that moment.
0: Right, right, right. So this is funny. I wonder if you know what this is. Do you feel like yes on push presents or no? A push present is something that like a man would get a woman or a woman would get a woman after giving birth. Like Like a present for pushing out a baby.
1: It depends on what the present is. If it's like, Supporting the baby, then yeah, I I would, I would get a present. You know, yeah, great,
0: yeah, great. You did it. You know, I feel like if men gave birth, they would expect to give. If a
1: Leo man gave birth, he would
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you're on a trip with a friend or significant other and they're really bothering you slash are not getting along, do you wait until the trip is over? You don't want to ruin it, um, or tell them
1: on the trip with love. You tell them on the trip. You sit down and you have a conversation with love, though.
0: That's an awkward trip back.
1: It it is, but I would hope the people I bring in my life have the capacity to hear that from me.
0: Fair. If you're buying a house and your parents have the means to help you pay for it, should they? Yes or no?
1: What if I had, do I have the means to pay for it? That wasn't the question. Ah, if they have the means to and they want to, sure, I'd open up to it.
0: Okay. When you have a girlfriend, how often? do you masturbate? I
1: have <laughs> um, No, it's a good question. Depends. And here's why. Mm-hmm. One of the major things that goes for me when I'm not vibing with a girlfriend or anymore, like once it's, it's on the outs is sex. Like I can't, I just don't sleep with them anymore. Yeah. If you look at it graphically, most likely masturbation will go up when that goes down. Right. It, during it, I, 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 there's no there's no desire. I think that masturbation can absolutely take away from the intimacy aspect. So if it's done, it needs to be like done intentionally and you need to know why. It can really ruin some relationships. I've seen it.
0: Interesting. I'm supportive of it, but um, I think it should be open, like an open conversation. I think like secret masturbating exactly. is weird.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like going into the bathroom when she's doing laundry is not the move.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> not at all. Mm, okay, this isn't that interesting. But how far out can you plan a trip with your significant other? Four to six months, or over six months?
1: Four to six months. Over six, six months. months is too much for me.
0: Yeah. Why? Because you're just like, oh my god! I'm, I mean, now I know like, I'm going to be with you.
1: No. Well, on top of that, like, I want I want to do the trip, but also like, what's going to happen in four months? What's going to happen right. in seven months? You know?
0: Right. But technically, you should know that if it's been a while and they're, they're your person. And if you're planning
1: a trip, yeah, for sure.
0: Right. Men that have only dated models in the past, red flag or can they change their ways?
1: Ooh, these, this one's good. I think it is a red flag, particularly because the question would be like, what is the common thread that you're dating models for? Do you just value um, society's aspect of physical beauty? Or, or is there something, or do you find that models are some of the funniest people in the world?
0: <laughs> Which no? I'm sure is not Which the I'm case. not sure
1: is the case. So I, I actually <gasps> think it's a red flag.
0: Is it normal slash nice or weird for your friend's significant other to tell you you look really good?
1: I think it's normal.
0: hmm Okay, that's it. And um, Christian, can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout
1: the years? Oh, oof. Um A piece of advice that has helped me throughout the years. Okay. You are always creating who you are every single day and you can create it or you can uncreate it. You can construct or deconstruct always. So if you're stuck on something you did or said years ago, it doesn't have to be you. You can let that go fairly quickly with some intention and some focus. So that's one of the most liberating things because I don't have to be anything. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to say anything that doesn't serve me anymore. It's kind of really fun. Life becomes fun when you understand that it's just a play and display and you can just be whatever you want. So I think that that's one of the most liberating things i learned.
0: I love that. Actually, on that note really quick, what do you do when there are people in your life that have been in your life from when you were younger and they like, won't let you change almost. you know what I mean? Like they're like, no, like that's not who you are. Like that's tough.
1: Yeah, it is tough. Especially if it's like family members. Mm. What I can say is just get rooted and grounded in exactly who you are. And then things like that will not sway or even even influence any part of your creation. You can just, you can be that. But yeah, like I have friends back home who like, we're not fully resonant with each other. You know, like they, they kind mm-hmm. of know what I'm doing and what I'm about, but... We have history together, so when we're together, it's fun, but it's not like we go deep. It's it's what I expect, but what I do know is that I've attracted a beautiful community out here, much more aligned with the person that I'm creating. So Mm. it's liberating. You can always create and uncreate yourself, and that's that's really some that's really the most powerful advice I think I've gotten.
0: I love it, Christian. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and listen to your podcast?
1: Whoa, okay, all right. Heal Thyself Podcast every single week, everything from, you know, protein powder, cacao powder, mental health, mindfulness, psychology, everything. And then we have amazing guests, that's Heal thyself Show. And then the the Instagram is at dr.christian.gonzalez with a Z.
0: Great. Do you um, accept people sliding into your DMs?
1: I've had that happen. quite quite (laughs) a lot since i've been on instagram i don't know it's not a date i try to keep it very professional because it's my professional page Um, but i've dated three women from instagram who's my dms
0: yeah there you go so slide in and hope (laughs) for the best thank you so much christian
1: thank you it was a pleasure